and it's either a win-win or a lose-lose, right? There isn't this winner-loser scenario. Uh, if it either is going to work for both parties or both parties are going to regret having done it. Welcome to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership Podcast, where we highlight and explore the views of thought leaders and organizations across the tech industry. We're presenting topics on leadership, sales, and trends from our perspective as individuals and, of course, as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership. If you were to put your MSP on the market tomorrow, are you confident that you will be getting and receiving what your organization is worth? How do you know if you're shortchanging yourself? You want to ensure you're getting the top dollar for your business. Some of us have spent so many years building and building and building our babies only to walk away not sure we're getting fair market value. Well, you don't have to go it alone. Most don't buy a home or sell their home without a real estate agent. Most don't retire or invest without at least meeting with a financial advisor or wealth advisor. But today, we're fortunate. We have Reed Warren. He's the CEO of IT Valuations. He's here to help IT services and tech firms understand the value of their business and to facilitate merger and acquisition activity. Reed is an expert in the business field of valuations. And together with his organization, they dive into the most complex, most challenging, and dare I say, the most understand organizations that there are in this sector. We wanna understand what are companies are worth. So do you know your worth? Today we're going to explore that conversation again. Thank you, Reed, for joining us. Thank you for spending some time with our audience. How are you today? Doing really well, and thanks so much for the opportunity to be here. I really love it. This is uh, near to my heart. Um, as, as Just as you go through it, most people really don't understand their value, and they don't understand what drives value, and really don't understand how much uh, they're actually leaving on the table when it comes to a transaction. Uh, unfortunately for most, most this is their retirement plan. Um, and, and all their eggs are in one basket, and it's really important uh, to be able to make sure that you're able to harvest that at the right time. Part of my passion for the space is I've done a lot of transaction work um, in previous lives, and, and we were paid to do transactions. Uh, we're paid to get deals done, and, and candidly, um, what happens is most sellers sell their business once, most buyers buy multiple times, and as a result, there's this huge experience gap between the buyers and the sellers. Mm. And the buyer is usually not there to help educate the seller on how to improve their value. They're just going to pick it up like it is. And so so much of what drives us as IT valuations is just wanting to make sure that for the seller as they go into this journey, they're, you've spent 20, 30 years of hard work building this thing. We want to make sure that you get a fair trade and a fair deal out of it and a, and a really good uh, transaction and to make sure that it's a, a win not only for you as a seller but also a win for the buyer. I love that and, and Reed this is so important for our listening audience as we go forward. I'm going to share a couple things here about you. I know you're very modest the work that you do but Reed you're part of an elite group. Those who have had over 75 merger and acquisition transactions within this space. You work with over 400 companies, 19 countries around the world, providing valuations, business strategy consultant, and obviously M&A services. You're a certified valuation analyst, a value builder advisor, an expert on how to build value. What he's saying is this, you don't have to just put your house in the market. Right. You might want to do some updates and improvements so you can get more for your house 
This is what he does. He's a skilled communicator, a skilled facilitator. This is what they do at IT Valuations. Now, you commonly refer to your company as ITV, which I love, okay? <laughs> People say ITV, they know this is you. What made you want to start this business, this venture, and say, hey, here's an opportunity in this space. I know I can provide value for these owners. Yeah, really good. Actually, one of my uh, favorite clients uh, was a project gone wrong in a, in a former life, in a former company, like I was mentioned before. You know, paid, we're paid to get deals done. And, and one of the things I really struggled with is, yeah, we could accomplish that. Deal fever sets in, all sorts of emotions set in. I got into transaction work thinking, well, this will be the ultimate logical financial objective decision anybody makes. And it is anything but that. It is the most emotional decision uh, people have to go through because their identity is woven into their business, their egos are woven into the business, their efforts, their futures, their careers, their you know retirement is all bundled into this uh, whole transaction. And I've had the times where I literally have had people call me three days before close, drunk at the bar, going, I'm not doing it. I'm just not going to do it, you know, and you have to emotionally. So we do laugh about sometimes being psychologists, uh, kind of helping people work through all of those emotions, um, and, and really as a part of our process on the transaction side, really helping our clients walk through all of those emotions as a part of that journey and not, uh, you, because candidly, you can't ignore it. Um, you got to process it. And so just taking it at a pace to be able to do it. But what got us into that, into what got me into ID valuations and launching ID valuations was specifically that, that just says, as an advisor, I should be uh, you know, we talked about 75 transactions. Yeah, those are the ones that got done, uh, not the 100 that didn't get done because things fell apart, right? So uh, the experience is broader than that. But I just really felt as advisors, our job is to make sure uh, that it's going to be a win-win and really not count the, the transactions in the sense of getting them done. But a year later, are they still together? Um, is it still working? And M&A is one of these categories that's uh, really, in my opinion, it's either a win-win or a lose-lose. Right, there isn't this winner loser scenario. Uh, if it either is going to work for both parties, or both parties are going to regret having done it, and I really feel like as an advisor, I should be the first one to say, regardless of whether we can get this deal done, is this deal going to really work and accomplish your objectives? If it's not, I should be the first one as advisor to say, guys, I know, I, I know this feels right, you know, um, and it sort of feels like a love song, but it, it's it's not going to work, man. There's just too many. Um, either cultural uh, dissonance or strategic dissonance in this transaction that just moves it out of this win-win scenario uh, to be able to do that. So that's one element to it. I think the other, other element is um, because buyers tend to be serial buyers, mm. um, the sellers sell their business once and just don't have that experience. And I just found too many times, especially on representing the buy side, that it's like, look, um, the buyer's not here to educate the seller on what they're worth. And so often, the seller hasn't done their due diligence to know what they're worth. And in the end, the buyer's not going to say, I could pay you more, right? Yeah. And, and the seller just, you know, if they go, well, that's what, I, you know, I think I got a fair shake. It's not until after the deal's done you find out if it was fair or not. And I've had, um, you know, uh, I've had companies afterwards, after they sell their business, not necessarily transactions we've been on, but come out, come through that and find out, shoot, they would have paid me $2 million more because I'm now on the M&A team for them. And I left a whole bunch of money on the table because I thought I didn't need an advisor. And I would just say this, if I can touch on advisors, uh, whether you use us or, or somebody else, the reality is this, we're typically going to bring somewhere between 15 and 25% more value, transaction value to your money saved because there's a lot of ways that money can get lost 
than if you go on your own. And it's just like real estate. Actually, it's way more complicated than real estate. Can you put your set for sale or your home up for sale on your own? Sure. You can run your own process. Um, do you really think you're going to get as good a deal as if, um, you know, somebody, you have a real estate agent? And, and so that's one thing. We're able to consistently bring 15 to 25% more value on that. And similarly, we see this trend a lot. It's like, well, you know, I've got this friend who wants to buy the business from me. You know, I really like him. I think he's going to treat me fairly. Well, candidly, if a friend was going to buy your house, do you really think your friend's going to pay top dollar for your house? No. You know, you're good. And so there's just reality that just says, hey, uh, as advisors, our job is to bring value to the equation. Um, If we're representing the seller, yes, we clearly bring value to the seller to help things go forward. But that said, we bring value to the buyer. So much of the discomfort that comes from, uh, sellers is they they just don't know what they don't know, right. and in the end, we're able as their advisor come back and say, "Hey, this is actually a really normal request. They're not trying to right. to steal all of your contacts and all your customers. They're not going through this masquerade of of buying your business just to get you know some confidential information. There's a lot of better ways uh, to get you know confidential information. So just being able to help people through that, be a sounding board for that journey." but really making sure that for the seller, they get a fair shake. They're treated fairly and equitably through that whole journey um, and are able to, you know, at the end of it, be able to harvest their, you know, the fruits of the 20 years of hard work uh, to build and scale a business. Right. Well, you said something to read, if you don't mind me jumping in and adding this. Valuations in and of itself is complex. What you're trying to expose and show these sellers, the buyers, are probably a lot more than they initially would have considered on their own. What are some key factors that perhaps these entrepreneurs miss when they try to understand how to assess their own business? We'll be right back after this short break. I am delighted to announce that App Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. DSB Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why App Meetup and DSB Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. Whether you are hosting a major conference, a specialized training, or a year-end corporate event, Finding the right keynote speaker or breakout speaker should be at the top of your priority list. Partner with Elite Speaker Services to book speakers according to your specifications and needs. Elite Speaker Services has the depth of speakers and the experience to bring you peace of mind and a successful event. Go to EliteSpeakerServices.com for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. Are you an MSP looking to strengthen the relationships that you have with your clients? Look to reinforce your value by maximizing your QBRs. Simplify the approach by turning any account manager into a virtual CIO with the Humanize IT framework. Visit humanizeit.biz and start to create genuine human connections through better conversations rather than just presentations. Humanize IT. Are you someone who dreads public speaking? Does the mere thought of getting up in front of a crowd make you break out in a cold sweat? Well, fear no further because there's a solution that can help you overcome your fear and master the art of public speaking. 
Introducing our book, Talk It Up, a guide to successful public speaking. This comprehensive guide is perfect for anyone of any age in any profession if they want to improve the public speaking skills. Whether it's for a work presentation, a conference, a job interview, giving a toast at a wedding, or even a TED Talk. With Talk It Up, you'll learn how to craft and deliver a powerful speech that engages your audience and leaves a lasting impression. You'll discover techniques for controlling your nerves, protecting your idea, projecting your voice, using your body language, all to keep your audience engaged. Plus, you get tips on everything from creating an outline to using visual aids to managing a Q&A session. Imagine being able to speak confidently and being able to captivate your audience. With Talk It Up, you can become a skilled public speaker in no time. And the best part, it's available on Amazon. So you can start reading today and take your first steps to become a confident public speaker. Don't let your fear of public speaking hold you back any longer. Order your copy of Talk It Up today and start speaking with confidence. So one of the things that that um, I would say misconceptions around valuations, and I can separate valuations from transaction values because they're two different things. Okay. Uh, so a lot of people are like, hey, they they kind of want to go out and look at Zillow and go, hey, what are other houses in my market trading for? You know, that's three bedrooms and two mm-hmm. baths, and you know they're getting whatever million dollars for that place. You know, well, my house, you know, I, I should get the same thing, right? And and so you're looking at the market and you're looking at market data. Uh, but you really aren't looking at the specifics of the house. You know, you aren't, is there mold in the walls? You know, is, is the electrical been done? How many add-ons have happened? So as, as you look at it, I would say, you know, first and foremost, when it comes to value, a lot of the reports that, that come out here are using macro data that says, hey, here's a, you know, here's 15 transactions that have been done. Here's what the average transaction multiple was. Uh, and although that's good aggregate data, uh, first of all, a couple things happen. One, I've yet to meet a, an MSP owner or a technology owner who feels like their business is just average. Everybody <laughs> believes they're above average. So yeah. if the average was 6.6x multiple on trailing 12 months EBITDA, well, I, I should clearly get more than that. And if I read a report that top quartile is getting eight, well, I think I'm, I'm probably top quartile. And so you, you just have this, this misconception uh, or this missed expectation around value. When we do evaluation, we're going to look very specific, specifically at company-specific risk. So we're looking at it from a bottom-up perspective that says, hey, how much profit are you generating? What is your growth rate? How strong is your leadership team? Do you have customer concentration? Do you have employee dependencies? What's your cash flow look like? How much deferred revenue? And so it's all these moving parts that show up in both valuation and a transaction. But from that, we really define what's called company-specific risk. How much risky riskier are you as a business than the industry and then your competition. And based upon that risk factor, that is what determines the value of the business. And so what we're trying to do from a valuation perspective is look at it and say, hey, if, if, there's a, if you have a million dollars and you want to invest a million dollars, well, you could, you could buy Apple stock, you could buy a, a mutual fund, you could put it into bonds, you could do but you, the most conservative low risk option out there is a 30 year treasury bond, right? Mm-hmm. So as long as the U.S. government doesn't go out of business, you're going to get your return. Uh, we won't discuss today about the U.S. government going out of business, but the point of that is just to say for every return on investment, there's a corresponding risk. What we're trying to define in the valuation is based upon your risk profile, 
what is the level of return you'd have to offer an investor for them to go, you know what, I'd rather invest a million dollars in your business versus putting a million dollars into Amazon. What is that rate of return? That is what fundamentally drives the price of the business um, and in a valuation sense. That said, when we do evaluation, it's very much value as, as, the, as the business is operating in a going concern. So it's not looking at synergies, which when you have a transaction, um, and this is where that aggregate data on the transaction information becomes misleading, is, hey, I've got a buyer who you know, wants to be in Fort Lauderdale. They have yep. a big customer there. I'm in Denver, but they got, I'll pay more to get this business in Fort Lauderdale, and I'll pay maybe a turn, so rather than a 5x multiple, I might pay a 6x multiple. Why? Because I have this need. There's something else that drives value here that's not inherent within the seller, but is inherent within the transaction. So therefore, I pay a premium. So when you look at the transaction data, almost all the transaction data has these motivations and synergies, which is why people are willing to pay more, which leads to, well, the market is trading at a higher level than maybe what my firm would do. So there's just this reality that says, hey, buyers are not going to always pay premiums. You have to find the right buyer yep. who goes, that's what I want, and therefore I'll pay a premium for it. Love it. Love it. Reed, that's a great point. I, I want to share something for our listening audience today. My identical twin brother, as you guys know, the other half of this program, Danny, used to have an MSP in a bar. And when they sold their company before they started this training company, one thing Dan said to me was, I bet I could have gotten more multiples for my business knowing now what I should have known then and knowing that there's companies like IT Valuation and Reed that's out here could have helped me. And I think what's interesting is to hear him say that looking back, not regretting that the business grew and they, were, they needed to sell, but not understanding what they should have known, the right. key components, how they could have built up the company, they had three locations, get it ready for the market to sell. And so in this post, let's say COVID pandemic that we look at this world today, Reed, what is your thought on companies merging? Are we seeing more of those? Are we seeing more acquisitions? What's going on now from your perspective in the market? Yeah, so a couple of things that I would just touch on first around elements that, that drive value. Um, for most people, the, the most important factor, candidly, is EBITDA or earnings before interest tax, depreciation, amortization. Think of it as pre-tax profit. Um, if you want to improve the value of your business 20%, uh, then go from an 8% EBITDA to a 10% EBITDA, and you just went up 20%, right? Um, and so the fastest way to change the value of your business is to improve your profitability. Uh, one of the things that most people don't think about as they go into a transaction or a merge is uh, their operating expenses. And so I realize that as small business owners, uh, you can run a lot through your business, and you're doing that so you can save on tax, right? So if you think about it, it's like, hey, uh, probably not the best example, but hey, I can take a bunch of friends out. We can go out for dinner. It's a $1,000 dinner. Um, I'm going to run it through the business because then I'm saving 30% in tax, right? Or whatever your tax yeah. bracket is. So I saved myself 300 bucks by running that dinner through my, my business. If I'm actually thinking about selling my business, I should have paid for that personally because in the end, if I would have paid for it personally, not received any tax benefit from it, but put $1,000 more in profitability, well, that's $1,000 times whatever your multiple is. If that's $1,000 times five, well, guess what? By not running that dinner through the business, I just added $5,000 of value to my business. And so that value is being multiplied. And so when you think about moving into selling the business, it is about cleaning up a lot of this small stuff that chips away at profitability. 
So do I need to be at all, you know, four peer groups that I'm going to, right? No, probably just one, T yeah. Taylor Business Group, you know, or whatever, whatever it is. Whatever is. Uh, what other things can I clean off my books um, uh, such that I, I'm driving up my profitability? I would say not artificially, but um, sincerely uh, doing that, therefore improves multiple. The second thing that happens after profitability uh, is growth. So um, if you're growing at 10% right now, the MSP marketplace is growing at about 10%. So if you're growing at 10% quite candidly, you're actually not really growing. You're just rising with the economic tide. And when it flows, it's flowing in right now. When it flows back out, you're going to kind of decline along with it. So really taking, um, really moving into a growth mode and really developing the sales and, and go-to-market strategies such that I can show that I'm actually putting new logos on the board. And those are really the, the, the top two. Some of the best transactions I've seen are companies that are, um, you know, running close to that 20, 22% profitability, growing at um, ideally 20% or higher, which is twice the industry rate. As a result of those two factors, they're going to probably get four to five times as much as if they didn't focus on those different elements. So profitability and growth are the first two uh, really elements that drive value. Oh, I love that. And, and before I ask this question here, because something struck me with what you were saying about what drives profit, what's going to help your company be better positioned to be attractive, to get more multiples, are you willing to do the work? Yeah. Are you willing to put in the time to make that happen? Are you willing to put aside your ego? Are you willing to put aside this, this sense of, I did this? to right. we need to do this. I think those are some of the questions you've got to ask. Those are the hard questions right. you've got to ask yourself. And, and so with the market, are we seeing more companies looking to merge instead of selling them? Yeah, so really good question. And that was the second half of your last question that wasn't trying to avoid it. But <laughs> but it's just so true. So right now, um, obviously, we have interest rate, We have uh, higher than usual interest rates. Uh, we have higher than usual uh, inflation. Uh, that's putting a lot of pressure on the market. Where do we see it mostly manifest? So if you're under, uh, if you're under a million dollars in EBITDA, uh, for the most part, the buyer for a MSP that's under a million dollars in EBITDA, um, is typically going to be just a larger buyer, a larger MSP. And they're going to go to, and they're going to get bank financing at whatever the market rate is. Because those interest rates are high, they can't borrow as much and it's more expensive to borrow the money that it is. As a result, that those interest rates have really pushed the multiples back down, and I would say retraced. Uh, people, so uh, a year ago, as an example, if you were a million dollars in EBITDA, we were seeing seven x multiples, sometimes seven times, or seven million dollar offers all cash. Uh, today, uh, you'd be really hard on a million dollars in, in EBITDA to get a six x multiple, and that would be a blend of of cash and seller note and a bunch of other things to do that. Um, and so we've seen, if you're under 500,000, we're seeing, um, you know, probably closer to four and a half to maybe a 5X multiple, where a year ago that would have been six, maybe six and a half. So we see downward pressure on that um, because that, once you get above a million dollars in EBITDA, what's fascinating is now because of the public market instability, uh, you have, uh, well, wealthy people want to get a return on their investment. If I can't get w return on my investment in the public markets because of the instability, I'm going to move it to the private markets. And so we have actually more money flowing in uh, to the private equity space to go do acquisitions because, hey, candidly, if I can you know, uh, acquire an MSP that's at uh, you know, 15 20% EBITDA, um, and it's growing at 20%. Well, I'm getting a 20, 22% return on my investment. I'll do that all day long rather than buying Apple stock because right now it's going up and down like a yo-yo, right? And so we see that trend happen. So what's happening is if you're over a million dollars in EBITDA, um, because of the transaction cost acquire firm, 
you have to be above that for private equity to take interest. But as a result, we've seen those um, the multiples on one million to five million in EBITDA really hold steady in spite of the interest rates, in spite of the uh, inflationary pressures that we're seeing because there's such a demand to acquire companies in that space. And so um, what's happening with that is, hey, if you're at a, a million dollars in EBITDA or if you get to 1.5 uh, million EBITDA, you're starting to see 8x multiples at that point. So what's happening from a merger perspective, to your point, is, hey, if we've, we were talking about it a little bit earlier, but we have uh, five companies that are part of a peer group that want to merge together. They're all one and a half to two and a half million in revenue. They run 100 to about 300,000 EBITDA. And as a result, they might get a four, four and a half X multiple they sold independently. If they merge together, there'll be 10 million top line revenue, 1.5, 1.6, and they're probably going to get maybe a seven and a half X multiple. So for them, they almost double the value of their business by coming together and merging uh, so that they can hit a critical mass that is going to be attractive to more suitors and more buyers that are out there. So that. we see a lot of mergers happening today. We've kind of nicknamed 2023 the year of the merger oh, at IT Evaluations. Wow. So. The year of the merger. I love that. And, and you touched on this before, but what would be the biggest challenges or roadblocks to, let's say, mergers being completed and they follow through? Yeah, follow through is a hard, hard thing. I mean, for, for most uh, owners, hey, uh, a lot of them haven't reported to anybody other than their spouses, you know, in the last 30 years. And so suddenly having, you know, somebody that's going to tell them what to do can be uh, emotionally difficult um, because, hey, candidly, it's been your blood, sweat and tears. Yeah. It's been your agility. It's been your ability to solve problems as the owner and to suddenly move from the freedom to, to do what you believe is right to, hey, I now have accountability. And I've got to work with my business partner to determine what's right. I just can't go out and do it. You know, that's, that's a big, uh, big hurdle. We see that within the peer groups and, and we've seen actually only about a third of the companies that launch into the merger process. So first phase is we call it merits of a merger. We'll do the valuations on the two or three, whatever number of entities. We'll do evaluation on the converged entity and make sure that the math works so that everybody has a clear path to how much value is this going to create by coming together. We'll be right back after this short break. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? Elite Public Image is a leader in strategic communications and marketing solutions, ranging from public relations, brand communications, and content marketing strategy to social media and reputation management for businesses, professionals, and VIPs of all types. Whether you're looking to develop a spectacular brand or need a brand refresh, look no further than Elite Public Image. Visit ElitePublicImage.com and let Elite put their experience to work for you. Are you an MSP looking to strengthen the relationships that you have with your clients? Look to reinforce your value by maximizing your QBRs. Simplify the approach by turning any account manager into a virtual CIO with the Humanize IT framework. Visit humanizeit.biz and start to create genuine human connections through better conversations rather than just presentations. Humanize IT. Are you tired of struggling to keep your team motivated and engaged? Do you wish there was an easier way to develop your employee skills and build a high-performing team? Well, look no further than Mercury Learning Library and Coaching. If you're a tech company that values happy, high-performing teams and leaders, Mercury is the solution you've been looking for. You'll have access to online training, 
bi-weekly group coaching to power up your employees, their skills, their leadership skills, their sales, and public speaking. And for CEOs and business owners, we have an offer exclusive just for you. It is a training track to help you lead your company to success. Here's the thing. Your employees want to grow and develop. They want to be motivated and engaged at work, but it's not always easy to know where to start. That's where Mercury comes in. We provide specific development tracks for managers, employees, and HR leaders to help them achieve their goals and reach their full potential. Hey everybody, I'm Christina and I'm a brand and image strategist where we consult you on how you're coming across, how your total brand, um, social media, the way you speak, the way you look, the way uh, your website looks, and it's all important in encompassing especially effective communication. So I have a book that I'd like to recommend. This book called, called Talk It Up by David and Danny Sue Brown does exactly that. It goes step by step and it tells you exactly what you need to know. It is very easy to follow. It will boost your confidence. It will help you communicate effectively to your audience. That's actually the easy part. Uh, the hard part is phase two, which is we're going to merge what is, what's the prenuptial that we're going to work through. And so that's going to be, hey, what's the buy-sell agreements? What's the call-put agreements? What's the drag-along, tag-along agreements? What happens if you get divorced? How is, is, it, wow. is this going to be part of a marital asset that could be distributed? Right, what happens? You work through all of the what-ifs um, in that second part. And as a part of that journey, you really move from, it's one thing to be in a peer group and sort of be drinking buddies and go, hey, I just know he's a good guy. It's another thing to actually, I got to report to you, you know, uh, and I'm not sure that it was. So egos is the number one sure. reason why sure. deals don't get done. Um, and then loss of control is a, is a second one. So it's like in the end, I guess I'm really not comfortable releasing control. And even though I may respect you, I feel better maintaining control of what I have than, than giving up control as a part of that. Uh, journey, but working through, you know, all of those pieces, you really get to see kind of the the I would call the character and DNA of the individuals, and um, you know, as as my grandfather used to say, partnerships is the only ship that doesn't float. Um, uh, you know, you do have to, where where do partnerships work well? They work well when you come together for a common cause, which right. is why a lot of them come together right out of college. Like, hey, if we came together, we could do something. Yeah. But candidly, that uh, long-term strategy is really difficult with partnerships. And so when we look at a merger, we really want to define really clearly what is the objective of this merger? What is the outcome? Uh, when is it that we all win together? And then what happens if we don't win together? How do we either dissolve it or create a buyout scenario such that the business is going to be able to succeed regardless of shareholder tensions? Love it. Uh, so what we're hearing today, by the way, audience, if you love what you're hearing, you love the guests we bring on, make sure you're supporting this program so we can continue to have great thought leaders and voices like Reed on the program. Reed, you're a psychologist, you're a coach, <laughs> you're an advisor, you're a counselor, you're a handholder. What aren't you there doing there? But, but let's throw this out here because I know that there are going to be some that listen to this program and they've pondered in their mind. I'm one at retire or I've thought about retiring or I've thought about what's next in my, in the next chapter of my life. So, Let's say an owner has an exit strategy. What does that journey look like to get the company ready? Or maybe a better question is, how soon should they be reaching out to you? Yeah, really good question. I would say for most people, it's about a three-year journey. 
So from the time you say, hey, you know, I think I should, I think I'm going to sell. Um, what am I worth? What do we, what do I need to do to the business? Should I add, you know, going back to the real estate analogy, should I add another bathroom? Should I put a deck on the house? Should I put new siding on it? Yeah, it depends, right? And so having somebody be able to come in along the, that way and we, we, we do the valuations on the front side because in the end we've got to determine, we will determine what the value of the house is as it stands today. We'll determine what the value of the house is if you make those improvements. And in the end, you end up making the decision around, do I want to make the investment? It's, and HGTV, I love it. It's yeah. a great thing. But you have those people that come in and flip houses, right? And so it's like, well, you know, you could sell this today, or if we spent $50,000 improving the house, we can actually get $100,000, $150,000 more. And so we want to be able to walk through that journey with you such that you're making actually a really calculated decision um, on, moving, uh, on moving through that process. I would say, though, for everybody, uh, evaluation, every valuation that we've done, um, the party receiving the valuation has always been shocked, uh, typically been shocked or amazed at how much goes into it and all the different components that drive value. Everybody that we've taken through that journey has walked away going just grateful for the experience, regardless of the outcome. And I'll just tell you that 90% of them are disappointed with the outcome, not to, not to rain anybody's parade. But the point is, getting that early helps you understand what drives value, such as you build your business, you're driving value into, into the business. I would say earlier is better because now I know what do I got to do to be ready and then you can kind of live in the states or some in the state of readiness, right? And so you can put your ducks in a row. And so if even if it came to us and said, "Hey, I've got a, I'm not selling a business for ten years," I'd be like, "Great, do evaluation today because you'll figure out what you need to fix. You can fix that over the next three years." And then because everybody's getting calls today from all sorts of brokers and buyers going, "Hey, do you want to sell your business?" Now you know in three years I can take that call yeah. when I'm ready to take the call, and I know I'm positioned to be able to take that call and get the most value for the business. I love that. And, and what, I, what I appreciate is part of what you shared is that even though this is emotional, this is something for a lot of these business owners, they built this, this is their baby, this is their whole life, this is their family. Yes, it's emotional, but there has to be a point where it's logical. When yes. you establish a goal, whether it's a date, where you're looking at what the value of a company might be, once you've hit that goal, that mark, then it's time to move forward. But what I love about what Reed said is this. You've got to plan even earlier. If you even had an inkling, hey, you know, maybe I should start thinking about the next chapter of my life. Well, why aren't you doing valuations of your business every year, every six months? Why aren't you looking at what you need to be doing now so that you can have a better position to be, or you're in a better position rather, to start having those talks about selling? Don't wait till the house is crumbling, foundation is broken, you've had termites all over the place <laughs> to say, oh, should I make improvements? No, make improvements as you go by knowing what you need to capture that's what Reed does. Yes, it's emotional, but it can be rewarding if you take yes. that aside. So Reed, what's next for you guys? What are you guys working on? What are you exploring? What are you doing to diversify your organization? Because you're already providing valuations. You're already helping with acquisitions and mergers. You're helping businesses sell. MSPs are happy with what you're doing. What's next? Yeah, so good question. Um, we've We've seen this trend where people come and they'll do evaluation and they go, oh my gosh, I'm not ready to sell yet. I've got all the stuff to work on. And you're like, hey, go work on it, oh, which is great. Um, and they'll come back 18, 24 months later and say, hey, let's do evaluation. I think I'm ready. And you're like, oh, here's the things you, other things that we didn't tell you about. Not that we didn't tell you the first time, but you got to work on to actually drive it further. So uh, one of the things that we'll be doing here uh, right now, it's in beta. We're looking to launch it uh, officially to the market in January 2024 is valuations as a service. 
what we're going to be doing with that. So it, thanks to my MSP uh, clients who realize, hey, I do project work all the time. I need to move to a reoccurring revenue model. Um, that's kind of what's behind some of it. But really on the valuations as a service, it'll be a, a monthly subscription. But we'll do an annual valuation. We'll do three quarterly updates uh, to that valuation so we can track your valuation creation or value creation on a quarter over quarter and year over year basis, um, as well as provide, hey, here's top three, top five recommendations for things that you can be working on tactically this next quarter to improve the value of your business. Um, with that, as you start to map towards that, we can watch that trend line and go, okay, you know, based upon your personal wealth targets and exit plans, your the value of your business will cross your personal wealth target line. You know, I'm just picking a number here, January of Q1 of 2025. And so now that we know that, we can say, hey, what do you should, what do you should be doing today to make sure not only that your value is there, but you're now positioned to sell? Are all your contracts in place? Do you have your financials in the right order? Do you have your employee agreements there? Have you figured out your tax strategy as a part of that? Um, maybe need to dial in sales, marketing, all these different elements that drive value in the business. But now we can be working consistently toward that. Not so much that you sell in January 2025. That's, that's not our goal on it as much as in January 2025. Your business is now positioned such that if you want to take the call, you can take the call. You know what you're worth and you're ready to be able to optimize the value. And so the best opportunities usually come when you're not looking for them. And so our goal is to make sure that you're ready for them. And then at that point, you can take the call. And if the first guy says, yeah, I'm just kicking tires. No, but hey, maybe in March or maybe a year later, you find this is a guy who always wanted to be in Fort Lauderdale, who always wanted the service set that he doesn't have, that you have, and therefore I'm going to pay, rather than a 6X multiple, I'll pay an 8X multiple because I just got to have it, right? I got to be there. That is the right opportunity. And then you go, yep, great. I'm ready for that call. I know that that value is going to be worth it. I know that I have all my ducks in a row and there's going to be no surprises. And that is really the heart behind the valuations as a service is to enable people to be able to be ready yep. um, and able to move forward uh, with an optimum transaction. That's awesome, Reed. And what I love about what you said is let, let's empower you. Let's right. get you ready. And there's nothing more important for a business owner to know that they're going to be in a position where they can help shape and influence it. If you could give me that, I want that. And I really believe this is going to be a hit. It's going to be something that you're going to see grow and spark in this sector. I love it. We've been fortunate enough to have Reed Warren, the CEO of IT Valuations, join us to talk about his work, how he's helping the IT services and tech firms to evaluate their business, to help them to be set up for success, whether they're looking to merge or to sell. He's an expert. He knows what he's talking about, and he's trying to help you to know your worth. Explore these things. Talk about these things. Bring him in for an evaluation, a consultation, and you'll have that ability to understand when you should move, how you should move, and how to position yourself for that sell. Reed, I want to thank you for joining our program. If you want to learn more about him, go ahead and navigate yourself to his website, itvaluations.com, and you'll get a member of his team to have that appointment and that meeting and conversation. Reed, thanks for joining our program. Please come back again. Thank you. Will do. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership. Please subscribe download and share this program. Learn about sponsorship opportunities and become featured on our program. Follow us on LinkedIn and other social media platforms. Be sure to also give our other program, Twins Talk It Up, a listen as well. 
We will see you next time in the next episode of Twins Talk Tech Leadership. Thank you.